Today on the show, what good is prayer in a world so sad? What would your wedding reception look like? Is there a value to pressing on? Our picks of the week and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Alrighty, it is time for the Lenten Catholic Underground. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent, click the clickbait so you don't have to, and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 391. I am Father Chris Decker, priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Joining me, Olivia Galino, who is Associate Director of the Youth and Young Adult Ministry Office for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. It's true. It is true. Verily, 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 you say yes. unto us. We go up to the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite to uh, greet Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Oh, I, yeah, I know. He's that, playing a game I, with us about I know. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know you that caught trick. it. You caught it. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. Good evening, Father. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Olivia. Yeah. And to you, sir. And then, of course, uh, Ed is switching the video. So if you're watching us on Facebook, um, outside of the podcast world, if you're listening to us on the podcast, Hi, folks, because I never say hello to you as much as I should. But if you're joining us on, on television or on the internet, hi as well. Yeah? You, did, you forgot someone. Who did I forget? Oh, Kathleen. Kathleen. Kathleen is on assignment. That's true. Actually, she's recovering from her assignment. That's true. <laughs> yes. But that's, that's there's another someone. Oh, Oh, wait. Oh, oh, you're talking about my... my the Linton beard. Yeah. Kathleen oh. will find me if we if I don't mention... I don't I don't think we should give it personhood. The intrusion personhood. of the Linton. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we should... But give. it has a veritable presence and it needs to be acknowledged. It does. The Linton beard is here, everyone. It is. That's how you know it's Lent. Uh, I've been thinking, you know, that we could actually just go a whole a whole Lent without, um, without doing another uh, re- fresh show. Because my beard tends to look the same every year. The only thing that changes is the puffiness of my cheeks, depending on how well I'm fasting during Lent, you know. So, so. Oh, but I'm envious. I, I, I said it the other day to you directly. Holy envy, if you will. And, uh, you know, someone was asking me why I, why I do it. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the reason was, if you remember the ca- the Coptic Catholic martyrs, the, the that whole group mm-hmm. of men mm. who were martyred on the beach in Cairo, I believe it was mm-hmm. a number of years ago, um, by, by the Islamic terrorists, I was thinking to myself, what would be a way that I could kind of spiritually be in solidarity with with um, kind of an act of reparation, that sort of mm. thing. And uh, the Lord says, "You got hair, grow it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I said, "Okay." Yeah. So, uh, so I wear the hair shirt on my face mm-hmm. uh, as a reminder to to myself uh, for all of those who are willing to die for the faith. Very so good. every time I scratch, because I never get past the scratchy phase. Mm. <laughs> I don't. They say, "Oh, well, you should get beard balm and blah blah." blah. And I was mm-hmm. like, "No." No, it's Lent. You, yeah. you see, if, if I were just trying to, to be, you know, yeah. to a be true hipster, <laughs> then uh, I'm only a... Why am I still talking about myself? Anyway, um, so... Yikes. Speaking of, um, of, of the terrorist attacks, um, yeah. uh, they, yeah. of course, because we live in a fallen world, they continue. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there was a question that was raised by, uh, by a congresswoman from New York after the horrific attacks um, in, in New Zealand most recently. Uh, you'll remember that there was some. There was a mosque. Several mosques in New Zealand uh, left 49 dead, which is incorrigible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, and the congresswoman says, uh, at first I thought of saying, imagine being told your house of faith isn't safe anymore, but I couldn't say imagine because of Charleston, Pittsburgh, Sutherland Springs. And here's the question she asked: What good are your thoughts and prayers when they don't even keep the pews safe? And so this is kind of an, an echo 
of uh, of what, what do you what why do we pray? Yeah. What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's an important thing for us to 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 really kind of crack open mm-hmm. because we can get the sense that prayer is useless in the face of tragedy, mm-hmm. uh, especially when like something doesn't happen. Right. And then you couple that with um, with politicians and actors and actresses and political commentators. Um, you know, everybody agrees that we want an end to these tragedies, mm-hmm. but, uh, but we don't always know the right way to address it. And of course, as you know, Olivia, we're hardwired to pray. Right. Well, and that's why I, I, I respect people because uh, the, the congresswoman is not the only person to express this kind of sentiment, but like, I, and I respect that people are grappling with this, mm-hmm. but whenever I see thoughts like that or, or questions like that, I always think we're asking the wrong question, Yeah, you know, because if, if the conclusion that we're trying to get to is a, is a change in human behavior and a change in some kind of reality. Um, and we, we think that like, okay, well, and prayer is like the first premise to get to that conclusion. Yeah. Well, then we're thinking in cause and effect language. Right. And while there is always an effect to our prayers, it is not always something that is recognizable or tangible or yeah. something like that. Very often it's something internal. It's something spiritual yes. that has manifestation in what right. we do and what we say and who we are, but it's not a direct, I prayed for this, this happened ergo prayer is ineffective exactly yeah. and, and that's the thing is is we are called to not see god as uh as kind of like the you know the the drive-through yeah the uh, slot machine the, or the slot machine yeah of, you know i put the quarter in and i better hit the jackpot right and it better be the jackpot that i want right, right. it better be the coin the number of coins that i want yeah and and that's why we would say regardless of the tragedy prayer still matters mm-hmm. um because prayer is not about results it's about a relationship with the lord and prayer is what turns our hearts back to God. And we believe, of course, in the power of intercessory prayer, wherein our, our prayer, even especially our suffering, uh, hence the, the 40 days of hair here, even, even that has the ability to, to intercede on behalf of another. And uh, if, we, if we don't do this, if we just simply write off prayer, then we probably would see a lot more ill effect mm-hmm. than, than we would see effect because really it's about relationship with God. And if we pray, then we are asking that our steps be ordered rightly. Mm-hmm. And and then we pray on behalf of others asking that they be ordered rightly. Yeah. And these things do happen. I mean, you, you hear all the time of, of miraculous situations where where something turns completely left. There's mm-hmm. a there's a, a terrorist or, or someone who is about to commit this this great grave sin and something happens. In fact, it's really interesting uh, to connect with the, the Coptic martyrs. Mm-hmm. Ever since the, those, uh, those men were lined up on the beach and massacred, mm-hmm. they have appeared many times whenever there is some sort of terrorist activity going on mm-hmm. by what's left of, of, uh, of so-called Islamic State or what's left of, of mm-hmm. Al-Qaeda and all of that. And it's these martyrs who are who are interceding miraculously yeah. to save the lives of others and convert the hearts right. of those who do not believe in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, you know, you were saying earlier that prayer is something that we're hardwired for. Um, and I think that in these kinds of situations, we see that because it, like in, in any crisis situation, you kind of go back to bare bones, you go yeah. back to essentials um, because that's just what we have to do. We start going into survival mode, even if the, the tragedy hasn't occurred directly on us yeah. or to us or someone that we know. Um, but in all of these, you know, horrifying situations that we see and hear about in the news, 
that's usually the first response is prayer. Yeah. Like, please pray. Yeah. And I love that that is like the first instinct because mm-hmm. it's number one, a recognition of our uh, like inability our, to our fix situation. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Our mm-hmm. inability to fix a situation because we do not have the infinite power of God. But yeah. but they're they're also the the. Uh, complementary reality that we can do something and that it does matter. Yeah. And that's where prayer comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just love that like that is a fundamental response because it's it's really just if we strip away all the kind of excess to, yeah. to what we or the, like the things that we graft onto ourselves and say, no, this is me and this is me and this is who I am. If you strip all of that away and you get down to it in a crisis situation, you find out what you really are and who you really mm-hmm. are. And very often it's that appeal to prayer that tells us like, wow, okay, I know that I am finite. Right. I know that I need the help of a creator and that that creator, like you were saying, sends the help of intercessors mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to be with me and others in this situation. And the only way that I, in a sense, can receive the intercession <laughs> is if I realize that I am very small and yeah. I'm open to something other than myself. Yeah. And, and oftentimes in, in those moments where that's, that's where it's pivotal, it's where even a person who might be a, a perpetrator mm-hmm. realizes that there is something bigger than themselves in that moment. And that is the Lord truly breaking in. Right. You know, Christianity, one of the largest religious traditions, if not the largest, we believe that the Son of God died on a cross, which is not an escape from suffering. Mm-hmm. And we know that that suffering is a part of, of our human condition as a result of, of original sin. God doesn't want suffering. God did not create sin. God did not create death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so God would not subject us to these things because that's not who he is. But Jesus is the one who shows us that that there is something that can come through our experience of suffering. Uh, if you think about uh, Pope St. John Paul II, his father, his brother, his mother were all dead by the time that he was 20. He had to watch Poland taken over by the Nazis and then by the communists. The man knew suffering. Mm-hmm. You think of, uh, of St. John Amola, a doctor who died after she didn't want to put her unborn baby at risk yeah. by having a certain medical treatment when she was pre- uh, pregnant, um, and whose death, by the way, in 1962, left her four small children motherless. Uh, Mother Teresa lived a long life, but spent decades in spiritual darkness and probably psychological torture. Mm-hmm. We're not foreign to suffering. In fact, we as Catholics find meaning in the midst mm-hmm. of it. And so even though we don't say, you know, bring on the tragedy, we do say we are Christians. And in the midst of this tragedy, there is light. Mm -hmm. There is resurrection, even in in unspeakable tragedy, you know. Um, and that's why we're we're drawn to that. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's why I think it's a, a manifestation of our our the reality that we are church militant. Yeah, you, know, you have like the three yeah. like uh, three states. aspects of the yeah. church. Yeah, three mm-hmm. states of the church. So here on earth, it's church militant, purgatory, church suffering, heaven, church triumphant, and we can go into all of that another time. Mm-hmm. But you know, I love the the term militant. Yeah, because I think about you know very often we're like looking for battles in our life. We're mm-hmm. looking for things to fight for, and because we have fortitude, we have zeal for things we we care about people we're driven by compassion and we we look for outlets for those things we look for things to care about um but i and i love that the church militant gives us that means of expression but sometimes it 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 happens just by standing in the face of great burden or or standing under the weight of just misery Mm -hmm. um whether you're bearing it for other people or you're bearing it for yourself um and i that's like the the image i have is almost like joan of arc um, in my mind for church militant Mm -hmm. she just like she's she's armored the lord has called me yeah (laughs) there's a mission and i'm going yes Mm -hmm. yeah um and like what did she say about like being in a state of grace like um 
Oh, yes. Uh, but, may he keep me there, right? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And if I'm not there, maybe he lead me there. Um, but yeah, but like that's that's who we are. Um, and so like when we're when we're faced with different situations and different tragedies, whether like again, whether it's ours or someone else's, that's our call is to, is to, to be truly Christian. That's the, the truly Christian thing like Mary did. Mary stood at the foot of the cross. Um, so if we have that fortitude and that zeal to apply it in those situations through real strength, and sometimes it doesn't look very flashy. Sometimes it's literally just standing there or sitting next to a person who's crying mm-hmm. or, or just you know, offering to listen to someone who doesn't know what to think. That's right. You know, like those, that's a moment of real strength. It doesn't look like much, but mm-hmm. it is. Exactly. And that's why we're not drawn to tragedy, but we as Christians know exactly how to react in the face of tragedy. Uh, we listen to the heart. The heart leads us to prayer and true accompaniment, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, to, to be able to, to take the role of Mary, to be able to take the role of, of John, the, the beloved disciple, and to simply witness to the fact that suffering is real and to be able to comfort one another because of what is taking place, because of the yeah. suffering that's taking place, and saying yeah. that this is not to end in death. Right. Um, and that's that's why we pray, mm-hmm. because the Lord has to fortify us, and that's the way that he does it, because the prayer fundamentally is the lifting of the mind and heart to God, mm. plain and simple. And the Lord, for his part, is willing to to reach down to us. It may not always be in the way that we want or the way that we mm. expect, but, but he is indeed doing that. Um, St. Teresa of Avila who was a rather feisty, yeah. feisty nun, huh? Um, she she fell into a mud puddle while she was traveling. She says, God, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. Yeah. We can sometimes feel like that whenever mm-hmm. we're in the midst of, yeah. of, of yeah. suffering, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet, uh, even our Lord said, "Could may this t- cup be taken away from me. You yeah. know, if this is the chalice I have to drink, I will. Yes. Uh, and I think that's the way that we can look at, at just these tragedies is that this is not willed by God. Mm-hmm. But, but we will drink, we will take the cup of suffering because the cup of suffering is the cup of salvation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the Psalms bear that out and Christ fulfills it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, John Paul II in 1995 uh, was, uh, was speaking to uh, the folks in Baltimore in uh, one of his visits, and he said, there is no evil to be faced that Christ does not face with us. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. Uh, prayer at the end of the day isn't about that one simple trick that ends human suffering. That's one of the, the great lies of modernism yeah. is, is that we are at the cusp and we're about mm-hmm. to eliminate all mm-hmm. of these things, right? Man is about to eliminate poverty. Man mm-hmm. is about to eliminate suffering. Man is about to usher in a new age of man where mm-hmm. man takes over God's job. Right, the Ubermensch. Uh, yeah, that's... Um, that's it's not only heretical it's mm-hmm. impossible right yeah because well and it's based on the premise that it, it is possible for me to affect something that is outside the realm of my capability the outside the realm of my humanity yeah. and that's only possible if i myself am god mm-hmm. you know so like the the cause and effect if we want to like use that language it, there there is no uh, similitude between those things. There is no like continuity that gets you from this cause to this effect, um, unless you have that pre- premise that okay, well then I must be God, mm-hmm. and and yeah. that's what the culture would like us to believe, and it, it's, it's the it's, way of madness. Yeah, right. It's just it'll you'll, it'll drive you crazy, and yeah. it's driven many crazy mm-hmm. um, in bunkers in Germany because mm-hmm. they couldn't effect their own salvation, mm-hmm. right? The way that they they planned it out. Um, we simply we're called first to be in the presence of God, to allow my own heart to be changed by being in his presence, and then to intercede for those whose hearts do not yet know him, do not yet know the presence of God. 
Um, in fact, uh, I suppose we could dive into the scriptures here briefly. Um, John 16, yes. John uh, chapter 16, verses 32 and following, he says, this is, he's talking about the coming of the paraclete of the Holy Spirit and how he desires desperately to go back up to the Father, how mm-hmm. he desires to not only complete his crucifixion, but also ascend. He says, mm-hmm. behold, the hour is coming and has arrived when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. But I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you this so that you might have peace in me. In the world you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. Behold, the hour is coming. You know, the hour has come. Mm -hmm. And we are living in, in a sense, we are always living in that hour where, where we have to undergo suffering. And Jesus tells us the same thing that he told his disciples who were on the verge of scattering. Mm -hmm. In the world you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. That's the only way that we conquer mm-hmm. is whenever Christ conquers in and through us, you mm-hmm. know, and that's why we also call ourselves the church militant, right? Yes. Yeah. Because he is, he's the general mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are his, his willing militia, militia, huh? his, mm-hmm. uh, his soldiers. All right. Hopefully that gives a little bit of context as to why we continue to pray, um, why we continue to, to strive because there is a great deal um, to be said about perseverance, but we'll say that in block C. The first thing that we should do right now, though, is remind you that we are the Catholic Underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll just sit with that for a moment. I'm just going to have a little sip of beverage here. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Oof. Mm. It's good. It's good. It's coffee. It's late, <laughs> late in the evening, but we're in Louisiana. I don't know. Uh, do you guys up north uh, drink coffee all day long? I guess maybe now people oh, do. I mean, I don't know. Is that a southern thing? Uh, in Louisiana, I mean, I don't know, Jeff. Uh, pretty much we drink coffee all day. Yeah. 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 And normally that's the way that uh, that you offer our southern hospitality. Yeah. As uh, you say, true. you must come over for coffee. Yeah. Even if it's like seven o'clock in the evening, <laughs> people over and the coffee pot will be going. That's a, you know. Yeah. If you're from up north, I genuinely want to know. Do you do that? I'm, yeah, let us know. Uh, I've never heard this before. If, if you happen to be in the chat room, a number of people want us uh, to, to go to go back to YouTube. Uh, we, mm. we Unfortunately, we, we can't stream live on YouTube and on Facebook at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if you're on Facebook, then you can join us in the chat at facebook.com slash Catholic Underground. Let us know if you drink coffee at other times during the day. All right, our picks of the week are coming up. Uh, Block C with Perseverance is coming up. But first... We thought we'd tell you something really cool, right? Yeah. So, so there's a, a, a some Catholic newlyweds, and they did something rather strange for us, huh? Um, Anna Paula and Victor, they got married in the Catholic Church. They received the congratulations of their guests. They had a brief reception afterwards, but the real celebration happened after that. Instead of a typical wedding banquet, the uh, the couple. Uh, the Brazilian couple offered a meal for poor children and their families in uh, in a coastal city there in mm-hmm. the Brazilian state of Espírito Santo. There were 160 guests at that party. Wow. I mean, first of all, reactions. Uh, I, what do you think about that? Can you imagine saying, uh, "We'll have a little, like we'll we'll cut a small cake," right? But the party isn't isn't here. Yeah, we're immediately going to put our vocation to service into service. I. Wow. I saw this story earlier in the week, and my first thought was, that's taken right out of the scriptures. It is. And 
performed not per, that's not the right word but like enacted enacted in real life mm-hmm. and I just remember like how shocking that was and then I don't know that kind of allows you to enter into like how shocking that would have been in any time period mm-hmm. but especially in like Jesus's time period but yeah I mean how incredible 160 people um, were able to participate in their married love yeah. in a really concrete way hours after it had happened that's right they said we yeah. decided to feed those who really need it because our family members have what they need, uh, said the groom, for whom the idea of a traditional wedding banquet didn't make any sense in the face of so many needs. Yeah. And that was the thing, they, <laughs> just completely awesome. They said there's nothing wrong with having a wedding banquet. It's a worthy celebration, but we just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see, Victor is a, uh, is a physical education teacher. Um, they sing in the choir at their mm-hmm. church parish. See, this, so this is where all these things connect together for me. They sing in the choir at their church parish. Um, they uh, and one of the songs that that they sing regularly is a is a Brazilian hymn, a popular one. Um, my kingdom has much to say is the name of the hymn, and the lyrics of the second verse say, "If you want to hold my dinner, don't invite friends, brothers, and others. Go out to the streets in search of those who cannot pay you back, and and your actions will be remembered by God." Mm-hmm. So they took probably what they sing. If it's anything like church in the United States, yeah. you know, they probably sing it often, right? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those like, oh yeah, we'll just sing we'll My Kingdom one. Has Much to Say. Mm-hmm. And yet these words stick, they mm-hmm. stuck in their heart. And they said, well, you know what? We're, um, I don't know if you, by the way, you do know that that uh, Holy uh, holy Orders is a service, uh, is, a, is a vocation to service. Matrimony is the other, right? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, let us put our vocation into service. Yeah. And, um, and so they... They took Luke chapter 14 mm-hmm. and went out into the highways and the hedgerows, as we say in northern Louisiana. And and those are the ones. Those are the ones that they picked. Yeah. They said, yeah, we'll go out there. Well, it also kind of reminds me, um, I was explaining to some friends who are not from Louisiana um, this week, or I guess, no, they're all from Louisiana, just there's not Sicilian. Anyway, yeah. I was explaining what, what a St. Joseph's altar was. Oh, yeah. Um, Which is not common everywhere. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So happy to answer questions about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was explaining because they were like, okay, well, so it's like all this food offered on an altar, but like what happens to the food? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it all goes to the poor. Yeah. You know, like you, you know, people who are, are every, it's open to anyone, anyone's invited, come and eat, but then it's all, it all goes to the poor. And it was almost like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's, I wouldn't have thought, you know, yeah. like, and that's why, that's what I love about this because like, yeah, it it's doesn't not go always, into the dumpster. Yeah. Right? It's not always dump- our first reaction to be like, okay, well, so you fed, you fed your family and then mm-hmm. what'd you do? You know, mm-hmm. like, well, you, you give it to the poor because yeah. they're also family, that's you know, right. like, right. so they, that's what this couple, they seem to have like a real understanding of what the human family mm-hmm. means and not in a kind of like esoteric way, but it's, it's concrete. It's real for them. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing that kind of strikes my heart too, is already the fecundity. Mm-hmm. There's your $5 word for the day, the fruitfulness of their marriage in bringing forth new life. Mm-hmm. They haven't even got to their marriage bed yet. Right. And yeah. already they are bringing forth new life spiritually mm-hmm. for these children, for the people. And this was the other part of it too. So they wanted to finance a celebration on their own and uh, their friends and their family that they wanted to help out as well. Yeah. And so that was the beginning. Monetary donations, offers to work as volunteers started to pour in. The network of solidarity grew. The meal even ended up being offered for free by a professional catering company. Do you see what happens? Like this, yeah. it's, it's more than just good people doing good things. Yeah. No, these are people who are spiritually charged by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it is their vocation that then kind of cracks into reality. Mm-hmm. And we see what is truly real. 
Yeah. Is is when our hearts are able to be made manifest, mm-hmm. there's true fruitfulness that can spread forth from it. Yeah. You know? And virtue inspires virtue. You know, we can't forget that That's we are right. people of, of communion and also community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I love that something like this, something as simple as like, okay, well, so this is what we're going to do for our wedding. This is what we've chosen to do. Cool. That sparked the need to, like a genuine need in yeah. other people to serve in, in their particular way. And, and I love that, you know, something simple can almost give other people permission to do the things that maybe they want to do, but don't maybe feel ennobled or incapable or capable of doing. That's very true. So that's what I love about this is that like, all it took was for two people to be like, you know what? Mm-hmm. And then to follow through I on if it, we could. yeah. And then that that gives other people courage. I think it it, it emblazons other people to live the virtues of their baptism uh, in a concrete way. Just because seeing someone else do it, it's like okay, so it's possible. Yeah, you know, it's real. And then we become burning bushes, right? That's see, that's the thing. Like we then become those who who burn with such an intense love, but but it is a love that does not destroy. It's a love that is flame within flame yeah. that that burns, but is not consuming the thing that is burning, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the fire of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps that's why the Lord used that image to uh, to speak to Moses. You know, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, Jeff, whenever you see Moses uh, depicted, he's always got like these little horns. <laughs> you ever notice that <laughs> yeah. in in, uh, in ancient paintings of I Moses and in not, sculptures? No. Yeah, it's it's the fire of not only of the of the holy spirit but also of his glory because he was the one who stared into the face of god right, right? Yeah. he was the one who who yeah. uh, was in the presence of god in, in the shekinah in the mm. glory cloud mm. and so we are called to to reflect that as well and so the couple um they have an instagram account if you want to see uh reza conmigo which uh, uh reza conmigo means uh, pray with me will you pray with me mm. or pray with pray with us right yeah, um, this fo- he, and they said um, this photo, the photo of their marriage, sums up a bit of our essence, our partnership, our love, who we really are. Weak sinners in need of God, but aware of divine mercy. We've mm-hmm. always been very good friends, and we take care of each other, especially regarding the spiritual life to each one of us. And today, more than ever, we need to be partners, faithful friends who walk together along the path of holiness on the way to heaven. One thing is clear. Never get up on your dreams, but also never forget to entrust them to God through the hands of the Virgin Mary. A mother never leaves her children unprotected. Mm. And these are parents, presumably soon to be, right? right. But already they are parents <laughs> yeah. of right. these spiritual children. And not just the poor children that they fed. Sure. But they are spiritual parents of all that said, no, we need to get involved. Mm-hmm. They're the, the spiritual parents of this catering company that said, we'll offer it for free. Mm-hmm. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what makes marriage beautiful because it has the ability to draw so many more in mm-hmm. than just your immediate family. Yeah. That's why it's a vocation to service. Yeah. It's a vocation of witness. And that's why it's a vocation that must be upheld at all costs. Mm-hmm. Do you see why? Do you see it? Satan doesn't want it because... There is tremendous fruitfulness mm-hmm. to be had from marriage. Oh, so uh, see you tip of the hat to you, yeah. you young couple. You, um, we shall we shall watch what happens on your Instagram account with great interest because good things are probably going to happen. All right, we're going to take a little bit of a break uh, to catch our breath. You're watching the Catholic Underground and listening to it as well. We'll be right back after the break.
Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Hello, it's a bass. <laughs> Welcome back. You should be ashamed. Nicely done, Jeff. Up there on the Jeff Star One. Grazie, grazie. I like a little smooth jazz, quasi take five, you know. <laughs> Occasionally, yeah. You found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker, not an actual jazz pianist. Um, Olivia Galino's over there in the, uh, well, the other seat. Yes. Kathleen also is, not a jazz pianist. No. Kathleen might be a jazz flautist. However, mm. we, we cannot confirm or deny that. She's recovering, by the way, from the Abbey Youth Festival. Yes. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go, although I, I feel like our bishop was giving me every possible permission. He says, what, you need me to write you a letter? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I didn't want to leave my assistant uh, yeah. in the lurch, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, a, a good pastor always knows when to you know, treat his assistant well, because you never know that day may come. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. so there it is. Anyway, but that Kathleen is, is recovering. Yes, from a job so, well done. From a job well done. Yes. And uh, and I understand. Do you know how big Abbey Youth Festival was this year? I think was, it was about, I mean, I was there. I think uh, it's probably about like 2,500, 3,000. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's pretty good numbers. Yeah. It was uh, really, but by really the way, beautiful. for those of you who don't know, uh, Abbey Youth Festival takes place every year at St. Joseph Abbey which is a Benedictine monastery uh, on the north shore of Lake Pontchartrain in Louisiana. You'll have to Google map that. Uh, but St. Joseph's Abbey is, uh, is a wonderful place. Uh, it's, of course, <laughs> I'm biased That's where I went to college. Yeah. Um, but, um, but there's a, a youth festival, and the whole point of it was to introduce youngins Mm-hmm. to the monastic life, to mm-hmm. the monastic hours, the praying of the liturgy of the hours, yeah. the liturgy there, and just to kind of come out and see what's going on there because the centers of contemplative prayer, not just in our state, but in our nation, in our world, are the kind of linchpins mm-hmm. of, of what keeps us held together as a society and as a culture. Um, you might have to Google monasticism to find a little bit more about that. <laughs> All right, our picks of the week are coming up, but we thought we would spend a little bit of time talking about um, a cultural expression that is very countercultural. Yes. It also happens to be a virtue, right? Yes, it is. And that's like one of the things I love about this particular virtue is it's one of the like more hipster ones. A hipster virtue? Judge me if you will. But, but yeah, because when people think of the virtue, they think of the four cardinal and the three theological. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you get down to things like magnanimity perseverance, which we're talking about today. Um, sometimes we don't always immediately think of those as virtues, but maybe more like, I don't know, more in the vein of like secular virtues. Complimentary good things. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's nice. You know, um, but perseverance, even though we have this association, especially with like athletics and sports, when we think of perseverance mm-hmm. um, or just like endurance, meaning like physical endurance, um, we can lose that sense that this is a spiritual reality. Um, And let's focus on the fact that like anything physical is going to have a spiritual dimension too. So even if you associate it with athletics or, you know, running a marathon or something like that, like you can still make that bridge over into the spiritual aspect. Um, But sometimes it takes a little more effort. Um, When we think just about like, what does that word mean? Perseverance. Um, You know, Mm. if you look in the dictionary, you you might see the word steadfastness, persistence, something like that. Um, Unflaggedness. (laughs) Unflaggedness. I I, like that. I do like that That sounds even more hipstery. 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I, well, just well, hang on, because I like to go back to the Latin because it is a Latin word. Yes. Um, so pair is that, you know, prefix and it just means like through, Unto, yeah, or through. through or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then severus is like gravity or mm. severity. Um, oh, and so yes. like the, the idea of going through severeness, a, severeness, yeah, a severe situation or through something difficult. Um, mm. and, and like through has a motion to it, right? Like you're, there's not like a stop and start, stop and start aspect to that word. There's so constant motion. it's just constant motion. So that's how we get the meaning of like, continuing in a steadfast manner mm-hmm. or, or being steadfast. The Catholic dictionary uh, kind of makes the bridge too and says it's remaining in the state of grace until the end of life. Yeah. So there's this notion of, of moving through until mm-hmm. the end, the very right. end. Right, because it's re- like incumbent upon us to remain in a state of grace just mm-hmm. as it's incumbent upon God to dole out that grace. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so looking at that definition through a Catholic lens, the something that we're doing in our life, you know, if we're persisting in something, that something that we're doing is living our call in the world, pursuing God's will for my life, for like, your life. Like the couple in the last yeah, segment. exactly. Like that's an example of, we might not look at that and say like they persevered, but they did. They persevered in virtue. Yeah. And that's not an easy thing to do, which no. they've proven because not not everyone does that. Um, not everyone's called to do that either. Um, so, you know, if, if the, the measure of my life or the, the measure of success for my life is pursuing God's will or trying to, um, then the, the idea of success is something different. It's not earthly accomplishment. It's not finishing that marathon. It's not making X amount of money. It's eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. It's interesting because the, the secular virtue of perseverance, if you will, mm-hmm. really gets translated nowadays as living your best life. Oh, Do you hear that phrase a lot? I yes. hear it a lot. I hear it a lot. I see it on Twitter all the time. Living my truth. It's usually used with uh, now with like a little bit of snark, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're living your best, best life. life, you know, yeah. yeah. But there's more to it than just simply doing what I want to do mm-hmm. with as many resources and finances as I can do it. Right. You know, living my best life is not necessarily kicking back on the beach. Yeah. Living my best life is living according to the life of virtue. Yeah. Which is to remain in the state of grace. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times, you know, living your best life is going to mean struggling, yeah. you know, because if you are, if you're, if the best life that we're going for is eternity with Jesus Christ, um, and all the saints in heaven mm-hmm. beholding the face of God, then to, to pursue that is going to be really difficult yeah. because there's such a thing as vice. There's such a thing as sin. There's such a thing as fear. Um, all of these things can come at us at different, in different ways at different points in our life. Yeah, and they try balls. to derail us. Yeah. yeah, they try to like knock us off this path. So to really pursue your best life, to pursue a life of holiness, to be a saint is not an easy thing. And that's why that's where perseverance comes through mm-hmm. as a virtue because it's like that thing that keeps us on the road. Like we might swerve a little bit, but we're still on the road. Yeah. Um, and that in itself is a grace, is a virtue. Um, yep. And it's it's impossible to to have to achieve that feat of of, of sanctity of holiness um, through the grace of God through the sacraments um, and through the ways that we daily live out virtue. It is um, possible. Certainly. It is possible. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's like the first thing that has to be in our mind is like this is doable. Yeah, this is not impossible because God does not call us to impossible things. Hear me when I say this: God <laughs> does not call us to impossible things that's because right. He is not cruel. That's he right. is not a monster. 
Um, So it is possible to persevere in faith in a world that throws us curveballs and trials and sufferings. And the saints are excellent witnesses to this. This is why we talk about the saints so much in the church, because they are, are like... We put them on pedestals, but not because they themselves thought they were so great, but we put them on pedestals to remind us of what is possible that's right, in yeah, the face yeah. of and great that's why, And that's why we don't worship them. Right. Because they they didn't do these things in and of themselves. They are, they are not gods. Yeah. But we worship God because he was able to hold up for us, right? They, mm-hmm. they responded to the grace of God. They responded in the midst of yeah. great difficulty. In yeah. the case of the martyrs, and even the ones who weren't martyrs, yeah, they they responded in the midst of great difficulty, and they they won the crown that does not fade. Yes, you know, to paraphrase Saint Paul. Yeah, and Saint Philomena is a perfect example of this because I don't I. I I, the stuff that she endured in her life, and y'all, she was a teenager. She was like barely a teenager. Thirteen. She was thirteen. Yeah. Um, so just a little bit of background. She was the only child of royal parents. They were also pagan um, in a small state in ancient Greece. But she um, alone converted to Christianity, and she pledged her life and her virginity to Jesus at a young age. It's something. Yeah. And her parents weren't really, you know, chill with that, but that's what she did. Um, and then at thirteen, she went with her parents from Greece to Rome. Um, and they had, they were like of such importance that they had an audience with the Emperor Diocletian, who was notoriously um, rude to the Christians. And by was, that, I mean he was a, the great, one of the greatest persecutors of yes, Christians. He was very anti Christian. Yes. That's a very polite way of saying it. Yeah. So, first of all, it takes courage for her, you know, being, yeah. being a Christian at age 13 and brazen enough to do that on her own without parental support or guidance, and then to stand in the presence of Diocletian. Um, so that's courage enough in itself, but he was enamored with her and offered a proposal of marriage to her. Um, this is how evil works. Yeah. He's like (laughs) trying to ingratiate himself in in her. Isn't that interesting? Like Herod wanted to play with his food before he crucified Mm, it, you know? Yeah. Pilate did the same thing. Mm -hmm. This is how evil works, right? Mm -hmm. It, it, it considers all of these people Mm -hmm. as just simply something to be consumed, Consumed. you know? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. There's Actual a little, consumption. little bit more to pray with, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you think about how evil works, evil always just simply mm-hmm. wants to consume mm-hmm. body and soul. Yeah. Under the guise of something else. Under the guise of something else. So Diocletian offers her marriage. Yeah, and she refuses, um, which is amazing because she's got you know the pressure of her parents, the pressure of probably political pressures of uniting their states together, which is the purpose of marriage at that time, or especially mm-hmm. like in their their kind of class. Mm-hmm. So, but she refused. So they put her in jail for a month, um, and then they tortured her for three days. And her parents were threatening her. They guilted her. They were begging her to change her mind. You know, like any parents, maybe not the you know the threatening part, but like they were trying to get her to change her mind. Um, but then they were trying to get her to betray her promise to Jesus. Mm. Um, and this was a promise that they thought that she was too young and too immature to make, and especially at the cost of her life. And let me tell you, this is not just something that happened in, in the ancient world. This is something that happens even now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, we, you talk about the bullying culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, that whole bit of bullying is to try to get a person who is steadfast, who is trying to persevere, mm-hmm. to turn aside. Yeah. 
and to not stand on any principles whatsoever other than the ones that the crowd tells you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that must have been like so incredibly difficult. Like the two people who are, you know, her should have been her protectors in life, the closest yeah. confidants and, and uh, mentors for her are telling her to betray the promise that she's made to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Diocletian, he's coming in there. He's like, you know, I'm going to spoil you. You have all, all of these, these riches that you have to look forward to because you're royal now, but you'll be married. You'll be an empress, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but she was, you know, a tiny little saint and she just stood firm and her like kind of refrain was my kingdom is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I that love sounds that. sounds familiar. That, yeah. <laughs> like go back to a few weeks ago, uh, Jesus in the desert being tempted by all the kingdoms of the world. Mm-hmm. He knows who he is and he knows who he knows who he is created for. And so does she. So right. does Philomena. If my kingdom were of this world, then there are those that would be mm-hmm. fighting at this hour. Yeah. You know, but as it is, my kingdom is not here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like the the torture continued. At one point, they tied an anchor around her neck and they threw her in the Tiber, which is a disgusting river. <laughs> and <laughs> even then, just nasty. So she didn't it's die green, of bacterial Jeff. infection. It's green. it's green. It's unnaturally green. You can't even walk by it. It smells so horrible. And it's green. Um, but she floated to the top um, because purity floats. Mm. But um, then they shot her with arrows. The arrows bounced off. Um, and then only beheading after three the days of torture could end her life. And then she was sent to be with her divine spouse. But I just keep coming back to the her like my her phrase like my kingdom is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I that that's like that's perseverance mm-hmm. because she endured you know who even knows if we if we know everything that she endured yeah. but she endured it all with firmness but also with concision and mm-hmm. by that i mean she would just return to that for, my kingdom is in heaven yeah. my kingdom is in heaven and i think that that's a, a great testament to what perseverance is it's like this constant returning to this refrain mm-hmm. and and it's not like a, a a mantra or a motto or something it's something that comes from within yeah. that is like a, a recognition of a greater reality it's and an it's anchor. like it's a, yeah it's a true <laughs> anchor like yeah. she's holding on to it mm-hmm. but it also i mean we talked about john 16 earlier and over the we were talking about how Christ, uh, he says, you know, the hour is coming and is yet here. And he, like, I love the the dynamic of is coming, is here, is coming, is here. So like Christ himself knows that there's this cyclical nature to, to evil, to tragedy, but he also knows, and this is what he promises, that he has conquered the world. Mm-hmm. So if you can hold on to that reality, yeah. that truth that Christ has conquered the world, even in this tornado of horrifying things, mm-hmm. uh, like Philomena did, like that's what she's holding on to is yeah. that truth of Jesus Christ. And that's what gives her the perseverance. That is what enables her to be steadfast yep. as she's enduring all of this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so sometimes in life we're gonna we're gonna endure those things, but if we can find that anchor in Jesus, then that is that that's not a platitude. That really will keep us going. And by the way, this is this is why the Lord earnestly desires for us to experience the Paschal mystery every week, mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Mass is offered. That's why the Mass of Calvary is offered mm-hmm. every day on every altar. Yes. In every church in the world, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember something uh, my aunt told me once when um, we were talking about daily mass, and she was saying like, you know, sometimes people will will ask me why I go to daily mass, and and they with the presumption that it's like because I think that I'm holier than them, or I think I'm better than them. Quite the opposite. And she said, <laughs> no. She said, I I go to mass every day because I am so weak that I forget. Mm-hmm. 
So I have to go to mass. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I, I, I think about that all, all the time because that's, I mean, that's why, you know, I'll find myself sitting in a, in a chapel or sitting in mass because I'm just like, I'm here because I'm weak mm-hmm. and I need you, you know? Yeah. Um, and sometimes in life, and I think this is probably uh, something that we can all relate to, like sometimes in life we're going to experience not that level of physical torture, but sometimes emotional or spiritual will f- just feel forgotten, abandoned, yeah. we won't, persecuted we won't in a different way. We won't feel anything, right? Yeah, yeah, or we'll yeah. feel the opposite. We'll feel desolation. Yeah, we're, we're in the desert, um, and all you can perceive is darkness. I can imagine that wouldn't have felt a, little, a, a bit of desolation, oh, right? Yeah. Kind of being um, dissolved by your parents. Yeah. Kind of being by yourself, you know, in this chamber waiting for, for Diocletian mm-hmm. to come and gather you if you'll, if, if you'll have him. Yeah. That's got to be a place of desolation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where we can look. We talked about St. Teresa of Calcutta earlier, and she's not a stranger to this. She lived for 50 years in intense spiritual darkness and darkness that's so dark that it almost like has ha, is tangible. Mm-hmm. Like it almost has fingers mm-hmm. and it just envelops you. And and we know this because only because after she died, her diaries revealed mm-hmm. that this is what she experienced. And so she felt abandoned, unwanted, and she described it as darkness. And we, that's how we can connect it to what St. John of the Cross talked about, sure. darkness of the soul, dark night of the soul. Um, and it's just this complete and utter loss of spiritual consolation. But the, the incredible thing about Mother Teresa is her perseverance showed up in the fact that she lived, she prayed, she ran a religious order, she cared for the sick and the suffering on the streets of Calcutta, yep. all while feeling rejected and abandoned by God. That's right. And all the while, her prayers were being met by silence. So we talked earlier about like, we want an effect, cause and effect relationship to our prayer. She didn't have that. No. But she was convicted. And that's what perseverance, it keeps us tethered. It keeps us anchored to that fundamental conviction that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, if we want to say it like that. And that he has been incarnated, been crucified, and risen from the dead for the sake of my salvation. And if nothing else, if nothing else, I hold on to that. Right. And that keeps me afloat. Exactly. And and that is why even in a place where we don't know how to persevere, we don't know how to continue, mm-hmm. we are called to sustain that life of prayer. Yeah. To continue to continue praying even whenever it is not automatic. Yeah. Right? Prayer is meant not only to be the the breath of the soul, mm-hmm. but prayer is also the CPR of the soul. Yeah whenever we do not feel that we are able to spiritually breathe. Yeah. John of the Cross says, never give up on prayer. And should you find dryness and difficulty, persevere in it for this very reason. God often desires to see what love your soul has. And love is not tried by ease and satisfaction. Yeah. That's why a lot of the great saints experience this great desolation. Mm-hmm. It's not because God wanted to, you know, kind of toy around with them to say, you're really going to pick me? Are you really mm-hmm. going to choose me? No. God allows this so that the soul can actually love greater yeah. because there is no consolation yeah. or very little. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Aquinas, he said, he kind of delineates three um, steps in the, the moral life and the spiritual life. And the first is, you know, like levels of discipline. The second is you're becoming more comfortable. You're able to do things, not because there's like a consequence to things, but out of love. And then the third is this like heightened state of virtue, um, like true virtue where you're, you're living for the love of God, but it's often accompanied. And he says this, it's often accompanied by darkness or by unfeelingness. Um, 
and that's why a lot of the saints we we have evidence of that they experienced this, um, like Father was saying. And that just goes to show us um, in Saint Teresa of Calcutta, her life shows us that faith is not a feeling. Right. It is is fidelity, and, mm-hmm. and and that's why we talk about the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and we should pray for that, like pray to the Holy Spirit, like convict me of the love of Jesus, yep. um, because it's praying when we don't feel like it or when Mm -hmm. we don't when we're not consoled um and it's attending mass when we don't get that love of russian devotion to jesus um that rush of love and devotion to jesus um and it's consistently making those choices the holy choices um and the difficult choices even when we we don't necessarily want to do it because we aren't inspired by love which is what lent is all about right yeah is learning that discipline it Mm -hmm. is a discipline and saint philip neary who is the saint of joy right One of the most excellent means of obtaining perseverance is discretion. Mm -hmm. We must not wish to do everything at once or become a saint in four days. That's my favorite of his. Even he recognizes Mm -hmm. the importance that this doesn't happen overnight. And and even Philomena at 13 Mm -hmm. learned obedience by what she suffered, just like Christ. She learned obedience to Christ. She learned that relationship by saying, Lord, I'm willing to go into this with you because my kingdom is not here. My kingdom is with you in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, you know, per- Father was saying earlier that perseverance is this countercultural expression of mm-hmm. our faith. Because this is all, you, you look at it and you think, I don't know of anyone other than like the saints who really live like this. And when there's a reason for that, because it's, it is countercultural. Yeah. It is not the typical expression of how we're taught to live. You know, we're taught that if you come up against, um, something, an obstacle of some sort that you either like find a way around it, you give into it, you turn the other way. It's not often that we're told to contend with it yeah. until it's conquered and we keep going. You know, like that's a much more difficult way to live, but that's where the grace of perseverance, the virtue of perseverance comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, when the world is telling us, like Diocletian told St. Philomena, you know, cast off your vows, your chastity, yeah, I'll make you your an virtue. <laughs> yeah, come live this life of ease and luxury. That would have been very easy easy to say yes to, mm-hmm. but it wasn't easy for her because she was anchored to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and that is where her true hope comes from. So that's why it was easy in a sense for her, even though in, a, in the midst of great difficulty to continue to say yes. So <laughs> there's mo- so much more we could say. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. I suppose maybe we yeah. could end with, uh, with the letter to the Hebrews, right? Yes. Let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and the perfecter of our faith. Mm. He's the one who does it. We, yeah. we don't do it. We simply yeah. cooperate, mm-hmm. and then he, he glorifies us. You see, that's, that's really what it's all about. Yeah. There's, there's a great deal of Eastern spirituality, Eastern Catholic spirituality in this. Yeah. The notion of the more and more we give ourselves over to the Lord, whether it's in consolation or desolation, we are being divinized. We're being raised up more and more and more to be like God, to be more and more like God, so that whenever the time comes for us to be judged, Mm -hmm. we are indistinguishable from Jesus. That's something that really, Mm -hmm. that's so that you might see and love in us what you see and love in your son. Mm -hmm. That's the point of of doing all this, of being, Mm -hmm. of persevering, of running the race. Oh, okay. I say we weren't going to say anymore, but we did. You know what we should say, Jeff, though, is that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. Oh, you just go on forever there. But, but, we, uh, we get fired up. Y'all we like do. that. That's right. I know. And all my hands in front of my face, uh, for those yes. of you who are listening on the radio. All right, Olivia, what you got for us uh, on your 
pick of the week. I am still out of breath. Um, <laughs> no, I'm actually pretty excited about my pick of the week because um, I'm always looking for ways to save money, um, especially when it comes to like all of the, I feel like being a millennial now is like, you don't pay for like one thing that gets you all of these other things. You pay for like all, all these other things individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm always looking to like consolidate. So Spotify and Hulu have teamed up uh, and Spotify and Hulu are things that a lot of people use. Yeah. So now if you have Spotify premium, which a lot of people do, you can get access to Hulu included in your Spotify premium subscription. So if you have oh. Spotify and Hulu, you can now just pay for Spotify. What? Wait, what? Yeah. That's I'm telling you, listen up people. So it is the ad supported version of Hulu. I think that's it's like fun. their medium one. And I, that's what I already had. So I was like, okay, save $6 a month. Um, so now all you have to do is go, we'll put the link in the show notes, show notes, but it's spotify.com slash us slash Hulu. Um, and even if you, if you don't have Hulu already, you can still participate in this. If you do have Hulu, it leads you through it. T- it took me about a minute and a half to do it. Um, and now I don't pay for Hulu anymore or I pay for it through Spotify premium. So, um, yeah, always looking for those little like ways to save some pennies. Um, but this is significant because a lot of us pay for all of these individual services. Right. Um, and this is a way to get two for one. Okay. Well, sorry. I was texting while you were doing your pick yes. of the week. I'm, he I, wasn't I, listening and he doesn't I, get to do it. I apologize. Okay. Points okay. off. No, it'll, okay. be, it'll be in the show notes. So what happens when you do spiritual direction during a live show in a Facebook chat? Oh, yes. my heavens. Anyway. Right. anyway. But Spotify, Hulu, do it. So what is your uh, pick of the week, Father? Oh, you're going to... Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. So so uh, it is one of my... my It might be my favorite uh, artist. My favorite modern artist uh-huh. is is a monk. Yes. Surprise, surprise. I know who this is. Dom Gregory DeWitt. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who, who was, um, he was a... He was a monk who, um, who lived during the early, what... 30s came over to the United States in the 40s during the war and began to paint. And uh, he painted, of course, St. Joseph Abbey, where I attended uh, seminary college. And there is a, uh, a DVD that was made, a, a biography of his life called uh, The Hand of the Master, The Art oh, and yeah. Life of Dom Gregory DeWitt, a documentary uh, by David Michael Warren, narrated by Kitty Cleveland. And um, it's, it's, I tell you, I was excited because there's a lot of artwork that I have never seen uh, by by Dom DeWitt, yeah. and I'm a big fan. One of these Deep days, tracks. maybe I'll I'll get to own some of his uh, sketches or artwork. It would be great. Yeah. So if you're out there and you have a DeWitt that you uh, you know want to give into safekeeping, Chris at CatholicUnderground.com. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just let me know. Just let me know. Uh, quite possibly one of my favorite artists because not only is he all about sacred art, but he also um, appreciates all the different. The, the breadth of Catholic mm-hmm. art, so so iconography, some kind of the newer, more modern styles, yeah. all mixes together most beautifully, and even fits in an Art Deco style church here mm. in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also um, beautiful church. It's, My it's, church. It's the only church I've ever really, if I could use the word, coveted without being, <laughs> without being <laughs> sinful. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to go back there. Such a wonderful place, beautiful architecture, mm. beautiful people, beautiful paintings. But anyway. Dom Gregory DeWitt's uh, Hand of the Master, the DVD. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. It's it's cheap, 20 bucks. Nice, yeah. And uh, they'll send it to you. Stella Morris um, mm. Films uh, mm. makes it. So, sorry, Jeff. Uh, I waxed and no, waxed. No, 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 no. Well, that's important. Uh, and since, uh, you know, we uh, Olivia had talked about saints earlier in the yeah. program, uh, but uh, the saintsgiftcollection.com, uh, they have a, a whole array of LED candles. 
But the mm-hmm. the way these I don't, I don't even know how they do it, but they're printed. They really look extremely sharp. Uh, and and uh, and then the LED light is two AA batteries. You can set it for six hours, where it'll uh, it'll flicker for six hours and then turn itself off, or you can just leave it on. Mm. Uh, so it's a two way switch. I guess it'd be a three way switch because uh, there's an off position too. Uh, anyway, I was just blown away by these things because they're so pretty and. Um, I just love it. Have it on the bedside table, turn it on, lights go out, there's this flickering, it just, it puts me to sleep. Uh, it gives <laughs> my wife a, yeah. a migraine, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you like it. <laughs> I love it. So I'll, I'll, I'll use it to go to sleep and she comes and turns it off, so... <laughs> there you go. That's but cool. uh, And they last forever. They're just gorgeous, darling. I, I do appreciate a, you know... Yeah flameless candle there we've come a long way in mm-hmm. uh, in candle technology you won't find it in my church because mm-hmm. i tell you if there's one thing that cannot abide jeff blackwell it's yes. going into a church in europe and having to pay a euro for a light bulb to illuminate yeah no way oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah you heard me capone like That's exactly hour. yeah exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. because you know of course the whole reasoning behind lighting a candle right yes you light the candle so that it extends mm-hmm. your intention right yes in the presence of that, in, in that the, person to whom you are asking for intercession. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it does. It isn't quite the same with a bulb, but in your yeah. home, Jeff Blackwell. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, especially because I'm afraid to leave candle. I'm I'm afraid to leave anything on in my I house. Agree. But especially like that would be nice to put it in my little holy corner and just let it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, quote unquote it burn. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, Jeff, you know we're always grateful for our viewers, our listeners, and our benefactors. Aren't we? We are indeed. Uh, and uh, this week, the Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. Mm-hmm. And an important way to support us is to like us, heart us, star us, and share us on your social media platform of choice. If you really like our podcast, just drop on by iTunes and leave us a review and Click them stars, youngins. That's right. We're also on Spotify, too. You can oh, yeah. you can find us on Spotify, mm-hmm. as well as oh, wow. Father Ryan's podcast, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Catholic Daily Journal. If you want to know what's going on in the Catholic world and throughout history, the Catholic, the CU Daily Journal is the way to do it. It's on Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. You can search for it. CU right. Daily Journal. Good. Yes. Our panelists this week have been Olivia Glino. She's at the.real.omg on all the social media. <laughs> Thank you, Olivia. Thank you. Also, our technical director is Jeff Blackwell. He's at jeffblackwell.us and at jeffblackwellis on Instagram and Twitter. See? Our research assistant and the leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. I hear he might be coming to visit. Wee! Yeah. I think that's a good excuse for crawfish. Don't look at me like that, people in the north. We're going (laughs) to eat them. We're going to eat them. And we'll show you how. That's right. We might do that. Our, Our video and graphics director is Ed Ball. You know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Digital Catholic. And we hope that we've helped you cut through the noise, not click on the clickbait, find that still small voice. We're the Catholic Underground. We're Faith Gone Digital. And we'll see you next time.